This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. We all remember the big moments in the movies we see. The big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the zerpendicular Justin Waddell. How's it going, sir? I mean, can we just skip that question for now? I'm not. I, I got to know. People people care. I mean, it's a rough one, right? It's been rough out there. Yeah. How about you? How are you holding up? Oh, man, I'm, you know. Laying low, you know, keep my shit to, you know, my wits about me, mm-hmm. you know, trying not right. to, tur- try not to turn too much. How's the, how's curfew treating you? Uh, where I live? Well, we're kind of outside of the curfew area, but we still get the, we still get pinged on our, on our cell phones. Do you get the ping? Hey, your, uh, your mug is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's loud, obviously, but it's good. It's a Star Wars mug, Nick. Yep. Yeah, no. So things are great. Things are great. Nothing's nothing's wrong in the world. Uh, things are smooth. You know, right? Nobody, yeah. nobody has mask problems. One thing that's good is that we're continuing to do the work, right? Yeah. We're yeah. getting it out. Yeah, and people have been. Oh, I mean, furious about it. Yeah. Um, now that we've gone to the Wednesday schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see a lot of people going back to really dreading Mondays. Do you mind if I zoom in real quick? Go ahead. Hump day. Yep. That's what Wednesday is. Yeah. Do you ever recognize it as hump day? I can't not. Yeah, who does, though? Who's that? The emperor? Hunchback of Notre Dame, my friend. Uh, okay. Notre, Notre Dame. Okay. All right. Pretty the good, emperor, right? the emperor as well, though, right? Because he, because he, he threw down. <laughs> um, how's our emperor doing? By the way, is it good? Oh yeah, things are fine. He's killing up. All right. Um. Okay. So, guys, I know. Uh, you you you've been reading all these articles on like on the slate about us, and you're uh and you're wondering what is this mystery all about? So you uh actually. You bought an iPhone just to have the podcast app on it, just so you can hear this. So thank you for spending $1,200, first of all. And secondly, uh, you, you, well, if they get money- a, if they get, if they get a case, yeah, like an OtterBox, it's going right. to cost, it's going to, and a screen protector is going to cost around 13. Yeah. 
But you got to protect this shit. I mean, you have to. Mm -hmm. I Uh, helped my my aunt buy a new iPhone and uh, she really wanted the OtterBox. And the guy was like, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, for construction workers and you, you know. Yeah. (laughs) It's the construction workers use this a lot because their phones get damaged and they always have them on the hip. Um, So anyway, go ahead. Sorry. You kidding me? Are you talking? Are you talking about Stephen First's wife, or is that Thomas about? Thomas Hulse's wife? Who? No, is that Tim Matheson's wife? Oh, because one of the characters is named Otter from Animal <laughs> yeah. House. Yeah, and I think it might be. Is it? Is it Stephen First? Maybe. No, he's 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 flounder. Not flounder. God, who's who's Otter? It's. I think it's Thomas Hulse. Maybe. I don't think it's Tim Matheson. Old Timmy Matheson. He's still working, my man. Yeah, he's great. He's always playing like a vice president or, or a conniving like uh, business person. You know, he's they always had that wasp, the wa- the ultimate wasp. You know, before the murder hornet, there was Tim Matheson. <laughs> Nick, let's dream big. Let's get Tim Matheson on the show. What do you think? You think we could do it? You think we could trick them? Yeah, yeah. We could, we could just tell them that we're paying. <laughs> I'm trying to find. You know, you know what's sad. You know what is a sad truth about him? He's an actor, right? But he it was it was his fallback. He failed algebra. Can you believe that? What an embarrassment. What is what else is he known for besides Animal House? I mean, Fletch. Yeah, he was the baddie in Fletch. You're right. He was the vice president on the West Wing for a stretch. I think mm-hmm. so. He played. Uh, he gets. He's always like a. You know, he's like an admiral or like a something in some shit, like an under siege type of shit or some shit. Mm-hmm. You know. He's and got um, was landed or some dog. Oh, I think you know what? Before I, I before I'm even looking, I know he's in the the Brady Bunch movies, either the first or second one. Right. Remember those? Yeah, he played dad. No, he didn't play dad. He played a, a bad guy in those too. Uh, Gary Cole played the dad. My oh, friend. that's right. That's right. That's right. Looking him up. God, we're killing it, aren't we? I can't believe I'm, that. I'm scrolling through Tim Matheson's IMDb page. Um, oh man, it is hard to do, Nick. It's hard to do this seriously. Um, you know, he's done a lot of TV work. He was, and then he was in also, you know, he's in Van Wilder party liaison as well. And who starred in that one? I mean, I guess that's the Ryan Reynolds one. No. So yeah, I think he must've played Papa, Papa Reynolds in that. He it played wasn't Van- called- it wasn't called Papa. It wasn't called Party Liaison. That's what they have. Maybe they renamed it after the fact. Yeah, I think it. I, you're right. I don't remember it being called Van Wilder Party Liaison. <laughs> but that's what it says. So that's like that was that was Live I Repeat before Live I Repeat. <laughs> you think they retro named that movie? Yeah. I think well, it's funny because it's based on it's based on a manga called Dog Eats Sperm. <laughs> that happens in the movie, and then they of yeah. course they they like that doesn't roll off the tongue, just like all you need is kill. 
I don't but, think it's I, I don't think it's just the dogs that eat sperm. I think it's the frat boys that okay, but, eat sperm. Yeah, well the dog makes it. The dog makes it. Oh, that's right. Okay. But he eats it. I mean <laughs> if you read the manga. <laughs> but Did you they know change, they changed it. Okay. Just like with Doug Lyman's uh Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The name of the graphic novel was too edgy, so they called it Van Wilder. And then when audiences didn't respond, they said, well, let's re-release it with party liaison. <laughs> That'll get them coming to the, to the cinemas. That'll especially, get them flocking. Especially the dog. That's not a bad movie. You know, Ryan Reynolds is at his what, pinnacle right now. He's like one of the biggest movie stars going. And, did, and, and nobody has had more chances, by the way, than Ryan Reynolds. And he, but he finally delivered, right? He's he's bringing in the the Bucks. Why not reboot the Van Wilder franchise? Okay, he brings the Bucks in one franchise. And let me just say this: he could have a son, and guess who could play Grandpa still? Ryan Reynolds, Tim Matheson, my man. Oh, oh. Vance Wilder. <laughs> do you think that he was in the sequel? Like, because they did do uh, the Rise of Taj. Oh my god! Don't don't know that. <laughs> and uh, and you know Ryan Reynolds wasn't in that, but Who I wonder Tosh? Cal Penn, Cal Penn. But I wonder if if they still somehow uh, wiggled Tim Matheson back in. Well, you you're on his IMDb page. Why don't you just answer it? Uh, for some reason, my my I won't go there anymore. <laughs> my computer he, says it it won't. Yeah. It won't do it. It says, I won't do it on my screen. This protection brought to you by the good folks at Anonymous. <laughs> it's like, they are, you guys got more shit to do right now, baby. Uh, anyway, so. Hey, so, yeah, so you guys that have just come over from the slate who are $1,200 light. Uh, welcome. I know you guys have heard a lot about us, and here's what we are. The Movie Microscope is a show where, where we zoom in. So we watch a, watch a film with a set of balsa wood fragile eyes and we and we watch it and we squeeze tight and we wait and then what we do is we take the little moments and we and we put them in a corner until we're done and then we walk over there and whatever's left we make or break So if we were talking about past the ammo, we wouldn't be talking about the scene where Bill Paxton is underwater the entire movie. We would talk about the little moments. And there are a ton of those in today's feature. The seminal John Batham baddie stakeout. Tell me like your relationship. Tell, tell me your relationship with this movie. Movies from 1987, Nick. I'm old enough. Well, hey, what movie came out that year? Curious enough, Evil Dead 2. Roger Rabbit. Yeah, but which one's better? Evil Dead 2, I'd say. More influential, too. Thank you. No, I like Roger Rabbit. What else? A lot of movies came out in 87. I think it was a piss year, actually. <clears throat> okay. I think I think 87 was a piss year for big movies. Yeah? Yeah. I remember, well, because Roger Rabbit's the movie I remember from that, like when I'm going through the years. Oh, no, we were we were 15, around 15, I guess we were, yeah. I was 15. Yeah. 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 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, Platoon came out that year, I think. 86. Oh, okay. Aliens it, came out 86, too? Yeah, those were, yeah, that, you're, you may be looking at the Oscars for that year, but no. Yeah, I am. But uh, yeah, I do remember the Aliens came out in 86. Anyway, I don't know what came out, Nick. But I know what movie did come out. Stakeout. Stakeout. And so my relationship was the was I was excited about this movie and I saw it in the theater and I liked it. That's pretty good. What about you? The, the passion in your words. Uh, same. <clears throat> I, I was excited about it. I saw it in the theater. I liked it. Did you go bought, on a bought you go the on VHS? A, you did. I yeah. wasn't into buying many movies back then. They were very they were very expensive. How did you how, how much how did you have money to buy VHS tapes? Or because I had, I worked full time from the, like the age of fourteen until death. And so you just buy a hundred dollar copy of Stakeout. I mean, yeah. <laughs> had to have it, huh? I had to have it. Had the poster. Yeah. I wonder if yeah, that's a collector's it, item. Not anymore. But <sighs> the funny thing is, uh, when that was during the video, you know, this, the video store heyday. So what we do is it would come out. It would be $90. But if you wait like a month, you know, and if you knew the people that worked at the video store, right. you know, that thing would be $12.99 in no time. And you just snag it up before somebody else got it. And they used to like, you know, you know, a little you know, did you ever buy? Did you, did you ever drop out like a ninety nine dollar or ninety eight dollars on a on a movie? The Hunt for Red October. Yeah, it was a red video cassette. We've talked about this. Yeah, we have. Had to nice. have it. What about you? I don't remember. I did own Evil Dead Two later. But that's just because the the video store guy, guy that owned the video store, we we rented it so much. He ended up buying us our own copy. My that's friend nice. and I. Yeah, yeah, we, wore, nice. we wore it out. I remember that. I remember everything about that box. Still, Evil Dead Two. Yeah, yeah. D the one of the pictures in the back wasn't it? Um, Ash holding the. Uh, it was like him, like kind of, like holding the holding the, like the like the shotgun or something, kind of looking at you, sort of. It was like, a, or he's, he's like, and I think he's holding it, and the people are standing like next to him. He's flanked by Bobby Joe, and I think all those guys. Yeah, I don't know if it had if he's holding that spine knife. I can't remember. I I, I can almost see it, but I I can't quite remember it. That was a big deal, though. That that was like before. We might have talked about this before, but I used to roam the video shelves, flipping over the the boxes, looking to to see if Bruce Campbell was in a movie. Moon you 44. Know. Moon 44 I rented. No, um, he had a death, death trap. Wait, moon trap. Wait. Moon, moon, tra moon trap. Was it Moon Trap was the one no, he no. was in? Moon Trap was he. He was in Moon Trap with uh, the guy who played Chekhov. He might have been in Moon 44 also. I don't remember that, was he? He was in another, like, a, he's in a bunch of just horrible films. But yeah. I rented them all. Yeah. But he was in Maniac Cop hmm. for a little bit. He was in Congo for a little bit. I yeah. saw Congo in the theater because he was in it. You could have left real, real soon. I know. But then you wouldn't have gotten to see Amy. You know, and Tim Curry. Amy was the uh, one of the gorillas. Amy was the gorilla, the, yeah, the lead gorilla. And she was smart. Super hand language. Yeah. Not and Laura Linney. Language. Did Laura Linney have, and it was Laura Linney and Dylan Bake Walsh. 
Dylan Walsh. Dylan Walsh. Yeah. Tim Curry, Ernie Hudson. Tim Curry was in it. He gets killed in that, right? I don't remember. Ernie Hudson's totally in it. Yeah. Anyway, I have the V. I could. I know I have the Evil Dead 2 cassette somewhere sitting really? behind me. I could grab it real quick, but. You really do? Yeah, I do. That's worth somewhere. the wait. That's worth the wait. All right, hold on. <clears throat> Hurry up. Where is it? I might I might have hidden it because it scared my kids. Hmm. Damn it. Yeah, I think I sorry. I think I hit it because it scared my kids a little bit. So somewhere. It might be in my basement somewhere. How old are your kids? My daughter's 11. My son is going to be nine almost. They're, this they're, almost, they're almost ready. For Evil Dead 2? Totally. I'm, I'm hesitating to show them the Lost in Space uh, show on Netflix. I'm not sure I'm going to. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. They so, only like cartoons. They only like cartoons. They'll so. get over it. They'll get over it. All right. Um, it's great. Um, so, okay. Back to business. All right. So, we've established what your relationship is with Stakeout. Let's do the work here. Let's get in. I feel like I've rekindled my romance with Stakeout, Nick, after low so many years. I'm what with about you. you. It's a warm place to go. You know, it's 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 funny to watch a film that uh, you said it was 87. Yeah, so it, it has some of the residual Beverly Hills Cop and 48 Hours kind of thing washing over it. And mm -hmm. it makes me very happy to, to kind of go back to that place. Because this film, take care, babe. This film um, doesn't have the same recognition or reputation as those. So it still feels kind of fresh and uh, unmolested by time. A little bit. Yeah, I think that, that Dreyfus is great in it and uh, Stowe is great in it. I, Aiden Quinn, <laughs> young you seem, Aiden Quinn. You seem to forget you're forgetting somebody. Emilio Estevez, of course. This is, Here's oh, the hey, thing. By the way, can we, we need to pop open a champagne. Mm -hmm. it's a lot of firsts this episode. Okay. First Emilio. First, we haven't done one? First Dreyfus. First Quinn. First Stowe. First, okay. first Whitaker? I think so. Yeah, I don't think yeah. we've done Whitaker yet. Um, first I'd... Dan Lauria. <laughs> yes. The dad from the Wonder Years. And the uh he, he's very, very much, yeah, very good actor. Uh, I, I have the film playing in the background, and I'm just watching Emilio Estevez walk around with a bucket of KFC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me ask you one question. I'm not watching it with you. Does he have a blanket around his shoulders? Of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's nursing a bucket at KFC. In and that and scene. he just exploded a, a drink. I yeah. love it. I love Emilio. Be, you know, you know why? Why? Because they split time with another pair of cops, the rival Inclu pair of cops. Dan Loria and Farce Whitaker. 
and they're always playing pranks on each other. And that's a low key prank. They pull, they shake up his drinks. Yeah. It's kind of a um, fun little thing. I, yeah. I, I, I kind of like that little back and forth with them. Sure. Now this movie is fun, but there is one little hang up. I don't know what you're it's talking a movie, about. It's a movie about a fucking creep. Nick <laughs> Richard Dreyfus is charismatic and funny and you root for him, but he is, a creep in this. Yeah. I mean, he's a creep in a way. Nick, he's a he's full a, blown creepazoid. He, he's a likable creep. He's is he okay on the Sharky meter? Mm-hmm. Where does he rank? Oh well, he's not close to Sharky. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> I mean, here's this is here's the thing. He is at one point in her house. She doesn't know it. She takes a shower. He peeks on her he spies her naked on purpose he he risks getting caught to check out them goods and he's not close to sharky <laughs> you know what i'm saying like sharky is from sharky's machine that we're talking about that we did it a podcast on is so much worse and she does not disappoint who madeline stowe yeah yeah she is very i mean i always liked her in movies she she you know i think this was her first film i think or one of them. It was close. But yeah, she's actually really, she's fun in this movie. She's, she's, you know, and, she, and her whole role is to be like, what? The object of his affection. You know, that's kind of her whole role, right? So. <laughs> and she, she does. She. I don't think she's but, a one-dimensional character. She speaks Spanish at one point. She, you know, and she always says that she's got like a really interesting voice. Like that it always makes you think that she probably is a good singer i don't feel that way and uh what what other movies she was in last of the mohicans after this right after this and then what oh, what else in, was she in oh my god she's in tons of shit right was she in that movie with aiden quinn later called like blink she played like a blink yeah she was in that shit and she he was in that too right aiden quinn uh, fuck yeah he killed it in that thing yeah he and was the, guy in that. this was hardly her first movie just so you know but it um, was like her first mainstream movie. Yeah, That's yeah. Kind of what I mean. Okay, okay. She was in Worth Winning with Mr. Mark Harmon, Revenge with K. Cost. She gets slashed in the face. Two Jakes, Unlawful Entry. She was they Bef- before they this. It. She was in the sequel to Stakeout. Shortcuts. We, I know. I'm talking about before this though. Oh, before this, I'll tell you. She fucking locked it in. Mm-hmm. She locked it out. Blood and Orchids for TV, Amazon's TV, Gangster Chronicles TV. All right, this, Gangster Wars the movie. Just keep go, uh, go, keep continuing to the good stuff. I want to hear some goods. Yeah, I'm getting to the wet shit. Saying. Yeah, the wet yeah. shit. Yeah. So I mean, we're talking blink. We're talking China Moon with Ed Harris. Saw that in the theater. Nice. That she was the lead of Bad Girls. Remember that? I do. I never saw it with Drew Barrymore and uh, Sharon. Hold on. I know. No. 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 Mary, Mary Stuart Masterson. Yeah, and 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 there's who's the, and, and who's the piece of shit? There's four people in it. There's a piece of, like... there's a there's a wicked piece of piss shit. A bad guy? No, the other the other lead. There's four lead western. I thought women. there was three. There's only three in that. I don't know who the other. Andy one McDowell. That oh, wet gosh. turd. But the men in this movie are sick. Oh my god! I want to. Okay, we're doing this movie. <laughs> Uh, well, I like a n- ninety, like ninety six, might be this movie. Listen to the male cast: James Russo, okay, James Legro, 
Nice. Robert Loggia, Dermot Mulroney, Nick Chinland. Chinland in this? Nice. Playing a good guy, I'm, I'm sure. And Jim Beaver. Hmm. Deadwood's own Jim Beaver. Yeah. Here's the thing. You know what? Uh, you, you know, can I, can I zoom in? Mm hmm. You know why she had to go in that shower? After she came, she came home with that awful case of Jim Beaver. She needed to take. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Why did you get excited when you started reading the males, male casts and not the, cause, cause you, you didn't like Andy McDowell. You don't want to watch movies with her in it. No, just the idea of, of them. Yeah. No, it's like a hodgepodge of the best character actors. And mm -hmm. you know that they're all going to play shit people. And it's going to be fun watching them get destroyed. By these I'm a jokes. big I'm a big fan of uh, James Legro. I like what we haven't done a James Legro movie on the movie microscope, have we? Uh, no, but we will. Yeah, you just said that we will. You committed. Yeah, well, actually, we need to do. I, I could think of three we need to do at some point on here. Okay, there's a big Give one. There's a big one. Fan Phantasm two. Bigger. Scotland, PA. <laughs> no. I don't know. And not oh, living in, not point living break. In, point point yes. break. I was okay, gonna do. Yeah. I was gonna do my Anthony Kiedis. That would be a waste of time. <laughs> and then what was the other one? I'm gonna fuck you up, right? That guy. No, no but what, what? What's the other Legro movie? I was thinking it was it living living in oblivion, right? Mm -hmm. He played the he played the proto the proto Brad Tip or the the Brad Pitt stand in, but there's a proto. Brad Pitt in this movie. That Did guy at the beginning, the guy at the beginning. Yeah, that rescue that Ian uh that his name is Ian Tracy. He he rescues, he breaks some um, Aiden Quinn's character who plays the bad guy in this, um, out of prison. And he looks like kind of a first run Brad Pitt. But Brad Pitt was acting back then back. Yeah, but back he then. does he does look like an early like when you in Alien Three, when you're seeing mm -hmm. the, the mistake Ripley's. Yes, you know, alien he's like or alien, alien four, alien four. He's like one of the mistake Brad's. It's a, he's like, exactly. a, yeah, actually, I thought he was kind of good in this. And he I looked him up. He's still he's still crushing it. He's Canadian actor and he gets the best name in this. What is he it? plays? He plays Kaler Reese, Nick Kaler Kaler Reese. Yeah. That is such a made up name. Actually, me, it's a made-up name in 87. That's a name that you would see at a kid at the country club today, for sure. My I zoom in? Yeah. Kyle Reese's brother. <laughs> Kaler. Um, before we actually talk about this movie, Andy McDowell, have you ever liked her in anything? Yes, actually, I liked her in one thing, and I don't remember what it was. Sex, Lies, and Videotape. No. I love the movie, but she can go fuck off. By the way, we didn't mention 12 Monkeys, General's Daughter. We Were oh, Soldiers, The Imposter. She's in one of my favorite movies. What? Avenging Angelo. <laughs> um, first of all, she's she's really good in 12 Monkeys. I, I don't know why. She is. She, yeah. Yeah. Andy McDowell. Anyway, Andy McDowell. So, did you see that Soderbergh announced that he's he wrote a sequel to Sex Lies and Videotape? Well, he was in quarantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you know, he's gonna get McDowell back in this. Do you think he's gonna get Peter Gallagher back in here? Who? Could, how can you not? Do you think right? he's gonna get? I mean, of course, he's gonna get my main man, Spader. Spader. But who? What about Laura San Giacomo, bro? 
Is she coming back? She's available. I have. Isn't she like a giant tub at this point? What do you mean? I thought she was. She showed up in like. Why are they now? Kind of like links on like you know Zergnet, where she's like a a big ol'. Am I, I wrong? You're thinking, I think you're thinking of Laura Flynn Boyle, my friend. People are very mean to her post. She she's a skinny person. She got a lot of plastic surgery. People are being mean to her, showing like mean photos of her getting coffee and stuff. I think Laura San Giacomo. I don't know. I haven't seen pictures of her. What do you think? I'm searching for her on the internet. Yes, I did. I like her. I, I like her too. a lot. Peter Gallagher wore uh, a plant me, on his penis in that. She looks you remember fine. that? She looks fine. Remember that Peter Gallagher wore a plant on his penis at one she looks, point in that movie. I, I, I need to look at this for a while. Hold on. She looks. She looks fine. Um, yeah, he wore a penis plant. <laughs> All right, let's get to the let's get to the actual movie. If okay. if you if you don't mind, what's yeah. the movie about? Okay, so the premise of another stakeout. No, no. Oh, this this one. Yeah. <laughs> the premise of stakeout is. Uh, Ada Quinn is a real tough and he's been jacked out of prison and there's a belief that he's going to possibly visit one of his old haunts. One of the lesser known haunts is this house where our lady Madeline Stowe's at and our hapless two cops who we see messing up an investigation at the beginning of the film are forced to stake out a house that's probably not going to be visited by Aiden Quinn. Yeah, and Madeline Stowe plays an ex-girlfriend of Aiden Quinn's character. Now, we didn't talk too much about old Aiden Quinn. He was a mainstay in the, around this time, late no, 80s, this, this early was, 90s. Not here. He he this is he's you this is a version of Aiden Quinn we don't know. This oh, is super the, handsome, super very, charismatic, very raw like trying to find an accent that works for him. He's like he I think he was, Ruck, he was he's like I I saw Rucker Hauer uh in uh One of Dead or Alive. I mean in uh uh Nighthawks and I was like I need to get some of that. Mm-hmm. Aiden Quinn, same feeling. So I'm talking about. He wants. So he wants me, he's, he's Rucker Howering a little bit in this. Well, he's he's and and he looks a little bit like Stallone. He's kind of reminiscent of early Stallone. He even wears that hat. Remember, he puts that 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 kind of Rocky hat on at one point. Yep. Um. But yeah, Aiden Quinn. Uh, is he is he an American actor or is he Irish? He's I know he sounds. Not, like, he he cannot be less American. You think so? He's Irish. Yeah, it's from dumb some some dumb nation. Um, All right, so let's let's so then yeah, so they're staking out the ex girlfriend of uh, the the bad guy of this film, and so how did how did these our characters get introduced at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, uh, he's from Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, he looks. He, I think he's played Irish before. At least give yeah. us that, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a yes. fish. There's a fish fight at the beginning of this film. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. There. That's a. They're trying to establish our guys as as kind of wisecracking, fun loving little cops, you know. Mm-hmm. And they and they they foul up a pretty easy investigation following a dude. Well, they're doing. They're giving chase, and Dreyfus. Uh, our, our our main character here goes toe to toe with this this punk haired baddie, this orange haired baddie. Yep. And they have a fight in fish, but uh, not not until we've we've seen the the husband and wife relationship of Estevez and Dreyfus 
at breakfast. Yeah, and we'll talk about the breakfast sandwich that Dreyfus is putting together. Holy it's a, smokes. It's a it's a sweet one. He's nuts. So I, I wrote it, the ingredients down. I try to get them because they look gross. And Estevez plays a little bit of a health nut here. And he's, as as a lot of times they do in, in these relationships, I think the movie we just did, uh, or there's a movie that we just did that kind of had a relationship like this where one cop, yeah, man's best friend. The cops were like, one cop was teasing the other cop for, your poor eating habits. Yeah. And so Estevez is giving um, Dreyfus shit for putting together this breakfast sandwich, which is it starts with ketchup on toast. He squeezes out some ketchup on toast. Already a bad start, in my opinion. Puts Tabasco on it. That's weird. Then he flops these really like runny over easy eggs or whatever on it. And then he just smushes another toast on top and he just takes a huge bite. Yep. Do you? It's and just then he not ordered, a, and doesn't he order bacon as well? There probably is bacon involved. I stopped writing it because I was salivating. I just kind of, yeah, you know. Well, I, Richard Corliss said a, a Pavlovian film in his review, and I keep mentioning this fish fight because this movie takes place in Seattle, Seattle. Yep. right? And you know, there's fish markets, I guess, and like fish processing just every everywhere, right? Everywhere you turn. There's some sort of fish business, fish yeah. processing place, bunch of loose fish in a slithering slide thing that you fumble around in. Yeah. And you got to hand it to a, them. It's a gross scene. It's kind of gross. And you got to hand it to them that, that no, no characters at any points pulls like a, a fish out of their shorts. You think that would happen, you know? Well, not only that, the thing that, you know, the, this is what's when, being a, an older person watching this movie. When he uh, he's in the fish, they're in a fight. He goes down the old chute, and the people there that are there to pick the fish. All I could think about is this is a tainted batch of fish. This is an incredibly costly loss for the company. <laughs> well, it's got Dreyfus. The fish have Dreyfus all over them. But I mean, you know, I, I, some people are trying to equate this and saying that this was an odd reference to Jaws. All this fish fish sliding around. There's a different reference to Jaws in this movie. <laughs> Do you, is there? Yeah. All right. Let's there's, talk. You want to talk about it now? So there's a scene later on in the movie where Emilio Estevez is. Gr they're playing movie trivia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. remember? So yeah, yeah. And he well, he says a line from Jaws, right? Yeah, and Dreyfus doesn't know it, which is cute. But I, I think they took that at, from actual. I think they were actually playing that game in between scenes, and Dreyfus actually didn't know that quote. I think there's no way he didn't know that quote. Well, he, you know, he famously didn't like that movie before it came out. Remember, he was bad mouthing it. Jaws. How did that work out for Dreyfus? Was he right? Yeah, can I, can I, can I zoom in? Mm -hmm. He was my first favorite actor. Was he? When I was a young man, it was the first fan mail I ever wrote. And my first favorite actor was Richard Dreyfus. I loved him. I know why you loved him, because you loved him in Jaws, but you also loved him in Close Encounters. You're wrong. What there was another there was a movie that was Kramer versus Kramer. That's Dustin Hoffman. There's um, a movie that was neck and neck with Jaws as my two favorite movies at the time. M Goodbye, Mr. Goodbar or something. The Goodbye Girl. Goodbye Girl. Goodbye Girl. Yeah. That was the, I was like the Neil Simon movie. Neil Simon. Yeah, maybe but that's a weird film for a nine year old to love. <laughs> well, I know <laughs> you wrote him a fan, piece of fan mail. What'd you say? I just talked about how much I loved him. 
uh, and he never wrote back. But I, I was like, really, I, I may, I, I'm a huge fan. I loved you and Jaws and the Goodbye Girl. He probably said this is a fucking serial killer in waiting. He didn't uh, write back a nine year old. Then Are he wrote. Serious? Then he wrote me back when I was in my late twenties, saying, "Who did I punch?" <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 We'll tell that story real quick. Did I tell it on the on the on the uh, Body of Lies episode? Oh Jesus! Are you seriously pulling like Wikipedia type stuff on our? Pod? I don't know. Maybe no, because remember he talks about seeing that Poseidon, which starred Richard Dreyfus, which was the movie where the guy that worked for my psych got punched by Richard Dreyfus. Right. It was like, but it was like a kind of a loving punch, right? But it, it but it was also a mean spirited. It's a hateable target, but it wasn't like a violent punch. <laughs> right. Um, but I, anyways, I, I, it was. I would I would have loved to I, if I had more intelligence i would have responded to that email saying this is who you punch by the way i wrote you a letter in 1979 and you didn't write me back you fuck yeah you should have done that yeah and he said are you the fucking he's like the only letter i never responded to is from this serial killer who said that goodbye girl was amongst his favorite films at the age of nine it's like i reported you i reported you to the police and moved about my day he returned my uh fan mail to him is that you're like uh i love tin men him and DeVito is that what that is yeah Pamela Reed in this yeah um all right so so you know this this so what they, okay so something happens at the beginning of this film during this long chase that Dreyfus gets uh foiled and uh the bad guy starts to get away Emilio sees him and he inexplicably instead of giving chase on foot gets into a mini forklift yeah which goes about looks like it goes about eight miles per hour. I don't know. It's very yeah. slow. And he starts to give chase to the bad guy. And it goes and bad. How does that work? Yeah, it goes bad. Yeah. But can we talk a little, can we go back a little bit further? Cause uh, the, the escape of Aiden Quinn from this prison is amazing. I know we'll talk about that, but this is that we're not even to the first eight minutes of this film. <laughs> I'm just saying that let's just talk. We'll go back, but first we have to talk about Emilio's flip into the water. Okay. From the forklift. That's so, so ridiculous. There's a couple parts. Was of this it, movie. was it Emilio? No, but there's also like an under like Dreyfus at some point is under like a truck. Like he gets under like a, a moving car, you know, just like Indiana no, Quinn, Jones. Quinn, Quinn does that. Does Quinn do that? Yeah. Oh, it is Quinn. It is Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just like this movie is, has it squeezes in some interesting stunts, you know, for yeah. no, almost no reason. There's, there's yeah. no reason for that. Yeah. My favorite stunt is drive is jumping through the window at, at right as she comes out of the shower. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah, let's take about, let's go back to the prison break. Okay. So, I mean, this is a rated R movie. There's vulgarity and there's some death in this, but um, the prison break, the prison riot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Aiden Quinn and his, uh, his Brad Pitt little lookalike guy, have conspired this elaborate plan to get him out. This guy's going to come in in a truck, pose as a as a laundry guy or whatever, and come in there and you know hold the everybody at gunpoint, whatever. Anyway, but Aiden Quinn starts a fight in his cell. Yeah, with and, his uh, cellmate. It's his, a it's a fake fight, but it's a it's a real fight, but the staged. Yeah, so his, he's in a fight, but here's what's great: they're really hitting each other, but they stage it. Yeah, hard hard in prison. Uh, the most vulgar people in the world. Do you remember? You know the the insult that that starts this huge fight. No, tells him to piss off. 
Well, that ties into the end, the final line of the film, which we get to later. So remember. By the way, that that line happens in the middle of the film too. By the way, piss off. No, no, the the other one. That's a callback. Oh, it is a callback. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, he he says piss off, and a riot starts in a prison. Did you uh, did you catch the graffiti on the wall? Does it say zoom in? It's a zoom. They decided to scrawl this on their wall because these guys are hard, Nick. They're okay. tough. They're hardened criminals. Nobody fucks with them. They're, you know, they scare everybody around them. The other prisoners don't come near that cell because they see that somebody had put this on the wall. Okay. Snakes in my head. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. They took the time, man. They took the time. It's almost like a warning label if you think about it. You know what that means if I zoom in? What? A reverse Medusa. Nice. No, but you know what it really means is you you got bad thoughts. Okay. You got evil thoughts. That's what it means. Zoom yeah. in. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So anyway, got nothing. Okay. So I thought you had more, but Never. all right. So what happened? You know, these guys are they go to their boss. They fucked up this job. They're afraid. They're told that they have a stakeout mission. They're, they're pissed. And apparently their target is this large uh, five foot, I think five foot six, who they both say is too tall for them. Um, woman who is the, presumably the ex-girlfriend of Aiden Quinn. And uh, our shenanigans begin. But of course, instantly they discover Madeline Stowe lives in this house and she ain't nothing but great. Well, so Dreyfus is excited when he finds out they're going to be zooming in and staking out a woman, but then they read her stats and it says that she's like Nick says five, six and 330 pounds, which really repulses the two men. They say, Oh no, this is a bad assignment. And then when they see that they're mistaken in a, a very thin, uh, Madeline Stowe walks up to the door. Then Richard Dreyfus is all over himself. Can't wait to, uh, spy on this woman to invade her privacy. You know, <laughs> I don't think you're, I think you're reading into it too much. I am not. He is a freak in this. He's freaky. <laughs> <laughs> My, there's a couple of things that he does. It, it, they try, what they do is they set him up as a really, he's like kind of a, what do they call it? Electric, like he's just very like, well, he's just been dumped by his lady. Yeah. But then they try to give him an out a little bit in the movie when things start going his way, which is very funny to me. Anyway, <laughs> um, so did you at one point so they're on the stakeout and Estevez calls his wife who kind of looks like Stowe. Did you notice that? I mean to like an he, extent. She, you know, they it just I thought it was Stowe at first. So he calls his wife, hangs up and he says something that I was so excited to hear him say and it's happened in two other shows that we've done recently. Okay. He exclaims pizza that's right. There's pizza there. He goes, pizza. <laughs> and that happened not only in this movie. Tango and Cash. Go, Tango and Cash. And then Man's Best Friend. The little kid. <laughs> is that a bit? Is that like a, a is that becoming like a staple for us? Like in, in movies where people get so excited to see pizza, they say the name of the food. That's no good. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done that? Have you? Oh, yeah. Ever exclaimed pizza in your life. Have you ever shouted it from the rooftops? I've shouted it on CNN. <laughs> you have. Have you ever shouted it to the Grand Canyon and heard it echo back at you? No. Back at you. 
Yeah, me neither. So, Kyle, we got to keep it. I hope this keeps happening. We have to mark it at least. And now what's going to happen is that it won't happen again, and I'll be sad. At the end of my life, I'll be like, we never heard pizza shouted again in a movie. Until until we do episode 311, The Seventh Seal. <sighs> You just committed us to that. <laughs> um, I, I love when death goes, hey, pizza. <laughs> Did you see the uh, Dreyfus is, is, is uh, bored on assignment because they have the night shift thumbing his uh, his creepy fingers through an issue of 1982 uh, uh, Playboy. Yeah. And did you see what the cover says? I didn't. Why is there sex? <laughs> really? Such a good question. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I looked it up, Nick. Yeah. It's a real. It's a real Playboy. It's a real. Who is the cover girl? I didn't. I can't zoom in that hard. Okay. Um. But yeah, uh, that is a real. You can get it on. I I I googled it, and you can get it if you want. You can go to Amazon and pick up a copy of that. That's pretty hot. I didn't know they sold uh, old issues of Playboy on Amazon. Bezos, man, he, what will you think of next? You know, yeah, paying taxes. <laughs> My man's about to be a trillionaire. You know, it couldn't happen to a better guy. You know, he. What I love about him is that he he inve- he innovated. That's what Treat Williams was at the end of Deep Rising. What trillionaire? <laughs> He uh, he uh, he innovated. He sells stuff. He, he makes nothing and sells other people's things. <laughs> so okay, so obviously, yeah, we're talking. Dreyfus is a, a bit of a creeper. So he's so, got yeah, and, he, and, so, and so no. So Stowe shows up and and Dreyfus says this code to his partner that makes no sense to me. He says the rocks in the sock when she shows up. <laughs> That's his like. Yeah, there's a, his there, there's a lot of that where, especially Emilio, yeah. they have like these lines that are supposed to be like catchphrases, I think. Like cop slang or something. The yeah. rocks in the stock, like yeah. she's here. Yeah. 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 And then he says, then he says, cutely, he says, God, she's cute. That's yeah. what he says out of, when he's looking in binoculars at this woman. God, she's cute. <laughs> she's cute. Yeah. <laughs> that almost, that takes almost down a creep notch. Yeah. Is that except, a term? Except he's only look, using one hand with the binoculars. Yeah. Yeah. And but so okay, they have to tap her phone line. So what happens there is Mr. Dreyfus gets to pose as a phone repairman. So he's he sitting there up on the pole, wiring shit up, and Aiden Quinn calls. And they intercept that call, and then Dreyfus has to go do some home repairs. Yeah, but he intercepts the call that they need to hear, but then he immediately hangs up. Yeah. Because he doesn't know it's the bad guy calling, so he can go to uh Stowe and say, Hey, your phone's screwed up. Yep. It's pretty funny, but you know, there at, at this point, he's saying things like, "Oh, I love my job so much." <laughs> he's saying because she's cute. He's saying weird stuff like that, and then on the soundtrack, they're playing like monkey sounds. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yes. Why? <laughs> it's the oldest trick in the book. <laughs> Why? It's because he's because yeah, he's, he's a- gone back to his base base nature, his animal instinct. Uh, he's. He's going back to his animal, his base nature. His yeah. Animal. You know, when in doubt, throw some monkey sounds on something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he starts to interact with her, and there's a little bit of chemistry there. There's a lot and of it, chemistry between them, I think, in this. Yeah. 
I imagine that's why this movie was kind of a hit is because they have they have a nice rapport on this. Those two actors. They have a nice rap rapport. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, these guys are doing the night night shift. So, like, they're working night, all night and they're trying to sleep during the day. How's that go for Dreyfus? That's a subplot that's probably not necessary, but, you know. He does take a few calls from under the curled up covers, which is kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah, the light's coming in. He's trying to... He can't get to sleep because there's people who are um, doing yard work outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, everybody can relate to that. I yeah. noticed that Estevez has a little bit of a tattoo on his arm here. I, I didn't notice that. It's got a little heart tat on his... Uh, has a his bicep or his arm. What do you think? You think that's real? It's gotta be. Estevez doesn't, doesn't fake a goddamn thing. Do you think he got it from the movie? I think he got it. Yeah. He got it from wisdom. (laughs) Oh, is it a Demi more related tattoo? That'd be funny. Yeah. You know what I do like about this film is their relationship is actually kind of nice. There's Uh a sweetness to it. Uh, it feels real. And the relationship, Emilio, Emilio and his wife, they have like a normal life. He has a n- completely normal life and they never fuck with that. Uh-uh. They don't. And, you know, and they don't. Another thing is Emilio's annoyed at Richard Dreyfus in this for kind of crossing these lines. Like these are unethical because he starts to have a relationship with Madeline Stone. And it's unethical. But uh, Emilio doesn't ever get that mad about it. He's no, just kind of bothered. He's bothered. One of, my, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is where he's at dinner with her and, and he's given like gestures to Emilio mm-hmm. who's watching the meat. That's some of the best stuff in the film. I think is Dreyfus being all excited to Emilio through the binoculars. When he's yeah, cause she, yeah. She invites him for dinner and he starts like giving thumbs up when she's not looking and which is, that's, that's pretty creepy as well. <laughs> this is going great. Emilio. <laughs> and, uh, we yeah. we never we never we never find out if Amelia watches him scromp. No, he doesn't. I think one of the things he does that's super creepy but kind of funny is he's in her bedroom when she doesn't know it. She comes home and takes a shower. Remember, he's under her bed and stuff. Yeah, and um, she starts playing Gloria Stefan. Oh yeah, the, the Miami, Miami thumb, the, thumb the rhythm thing. is gonna get you. Yeah, and he's dancing in the room because he's about to get a stolen look at her naked form. That's what happened. So he can leave like she's in the shower. He can leave. But instead he starts to inexplicably dance to this song and then kind of act like his instincts, his body's taking over, but his mind's like saying, no, but he can't help himself. It's yeah. a, it's an acting tour de force by Richard Dreyfus. And then he steals a look. He steals a glance. Well, he's watching her when she's behind the, the shower curtain, which mm. I thought that's creepy, but, it's not ultra creepy. And then he waits till she's out of the shower <laughs> and looks more. <laughs> I know he really gets an eyeful Nick. Yeah. And you know, one thing that Madeline Stowe, they show her bookshelves, uh, her nightly reading and she's reading. Is that, the, is that what you call it? <laughs> her bookshelves. She's reading the movie goer by Walker Percy. Have you ever read that book? I haven't pretty good book. I recommend it. Okay. Is that a, it's probably a, it's probably a decision by John Badham. That's what I'm thinking. Or maybe Stowe likes it a lot. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe she snuck it in there. Maybe Aiden Quinn dropped by, and it was like, "Hey, I'm reading this book." Yeah. Um, we'll have to research this. We'll get back to you guys to see why that mo- that book shows up in this movie. We'll z- we'll do a belated zoom in. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So what else do you, what else you got for me? Well, I mean, I, I love the fact that uh, there's an Earl Warren joke in this movie. I don't know who that is. The Warren commission, JFK's murder. Okay. Every time we meet these guys mid, like mid stakeout, ah, stop mm-hmm. biting me. Um, the uh, they're, they're in the middle of some debate or some trivia or whatever. And there's uh, a scene uh, after later in the movie where they're debating about JFK's assassination. And uh, right as they're talking about Earl Warren, head of the Warren Commission, um, they open up the refrigerator and there's a turd on a plate. And Emilio and Emilio is talking about Earl Warren and he goes, they left us a dog turd. And Richard Driver goes, Earl Warren left us a dog turd. Dreyfus, man. I bet he improvised that stuff. Yeah. What a natural. Yeah. Emilio at one point's eating almost home cookies in this. Remember those? Yep. That's E.T.'s favorite. <laughs> do you remember those? Those do they still they don't still make those, do I they? Think so. I think they do. I think that's a depressing name. I think it'd be like, great to buy it, buy out all the all their stock and then take mm-hmm. it to a, home, a homeless shelter. <laughs> but I guess they named it because they you're almost home, but you can't wait to just sink your teeth into those bad boys. You can't make it home with them. Yeah. I guess that the whole thing was that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever, you don't remember those? You remember soft batch, soft batch cookies? Yeah. 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 You sound so bored. <laughs> no, my I just, zooms of my zooms. I mean, no, I'm just like, I mean, I mean we're talking cookies. Mm-hmm. That's when you know that we've reached. Um, you know what I love is okay. So what we've done, uh, we did running scared on this show a while back, sort of a soulmate to this in a way. Mm-hmm. The thing I like uh, that this movie does that a lot of films did in the era that don't do now uh, is they take they give the uh, bad guys a good amount of screen time, completely unrelated to the a plot. They do the at one point they have car trouble and the and the the proto Brad T- Brad Pitt guy goes. Uh, he says the carburetor sucks. It's as useful as a diet crouton. <laughs> you remember that? Of course I do. <laughs> like, man, these guys are trying to make us laugh. They're trying to have a good old time. There's a little I, bit of a, a of a kinship between those two. And I, I kind of liked the um, cousin character that Ian Tracy plays um, because he starts having second thoughts. Like, he's like, I'm not going to. I don't I think we're going too far getting you you know, there's, we're taking too many risks. He's like, I don't want to shoot at cops at one point and then proceeds to. And how's but, he, um, how, does, how does it work for him? He dies. It, it's so funny. Cause like he gets shot during all this skirmish mm-hmm. and he's in the back seat looking disappointed. He's clutching That's, his, he's clutching his bell and he's like super disappointed. And then he's drowned. He gets shotgunned in the back and he looks like at first it looks like it just blew the window out, but then he starts bleeding. And then he's so, like feeling sad. You can tell he's sad. Yeah, he doesn't look like he's he's having a good time anymore. And Aiden Quinn does escape, but they have yeah they have a big. This movie is funny because it's. I I bet it was sh- sold as like you said like a running scare like an action. When did Running Scare come out? Same year. I think before this. But it it has a lot less action than a movie like this usually has. You know what I'm saying? This this whole movie really is the relationship between um dreyfus and stowe and then also between dreyfus and estevez like that's it's just kind of like that's really where the movie's 
you know, that's why people like this movie, I imagine. Not because of the these kind of lame action scenes, you know. Although they're they're not bad. They're okay. Yeah. They're they're um, definitely analog is nuts, but I like it. And I like the fact that uh you know, the, where the, where you think the film is going to end is not where it ends. Because I remember, so eventually everything kind of comes to a head. And Aiden mm-hmm. Quinn shows up at uh, the house where Madeline lives. By the way, great little dream sequence that Richard Dreyfus has about him visiting the house. Yeah, that's, a creep, yeah. that's a creepy little scene. It is, yeah. And it's a trick because he also dreams his cousin, right? He dreams his cousin into that dream, Ian Tracy. But you no, know, here, let, before we get to the end, like... The whole thing that kind of bothered me about the movie, you know, the creep factor of Dreyfus, but what they start to do is they start to kind of make Stowe the aggressor, you know, so to kind of give Dreyfus an out. Like, so he is a creep. He's seen her naked. Like, he's kind of, he's not honest with her. But she starts to, like, he starts, and he starts to do stuff for her. Like, he, she gets, he gets her brother out of prison. He starts to do nice things for her and show up at, like, grocery stores that she's at. Gives um, her a ride home. Yep. When she's got a, a yeah, uh, you know, he, she has a flat. There's a question that you're gonna have to have in this movie that they don't answer. She, they meet in a grocery store, um, and then they have they kind of flirt and they leave. And then her bike, she rode her bike to the grocery store, and the, the tire's flat. Do you think he punctured that tire? No. Did he flat her tire, Nick? Or is it that a would that would be a bridge too far? I think if it if it was the case. So what they start to do to kind of. How many groceries did she have, by the way? Oh, I don't know. Did she have bike riding groceries? I think so. She, you mean like an armful? Yeah, yeah a basketful. Yeah. yeah. Here, here's the thing. What they start to do to kind of make you because Dreyfus is never unlikable in this movie, even though he's being a creep. He's still, you know, Dreyfus, and he's funny. Um, but they start to give him an out for past behavior by, um, like, at the dinner scene that you're talking about. He never takes off his coat. Remember, he has like a scarf on the whole time, his coat on. Like he doesn't commit to actually he's not there to stay. They're trying right. to tell you he's not there to spend the night. But then, you know, at one point, Stowe just like kisses him. And she like it's like you could tell it's like the best kiss of her life, which is weird. And um, he said because she's been with Aiden Quinn, let's be honest. Um, but she he's he starts to have stouts when she kisses him. Remember? Like, she's like, yeah. Oh, I think I don't know if I can stay. Like they start to give you an out that way. Like he's like, all of a sudden he's like having, uh, ethical doubts. And then, uh, and I love the fact, I like when he, uh, when he, when he wakes up and realizes he's busted. Yeah. Then he yeah. has, then he completely has sex with her. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, he fills her up. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that he wakes up late and he knows that the, the, the day shift's about to show up and he loses. Yeah, yeah. That's a fun scene where he has to dress up like a lady. That's adorable. Yeah, yeah he does oh, a Stallone. Like, he does a, another staple of our podcast is he, he cross-dresses in this. Yeah. Because he realizes he's going to get staked out. Like, they're going to know he's in there. So he disguises himself in her clothes and leaves. And that re- results in a police chase. That's right. This is our third movie, at least, where there's some cross-dressing. Yeah. Yeah. What were, do you remember what the, Tango I know that, Ca- Tango Cash, Nighthawks, this. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the ghost, ghost story. <laughs> Always played for laughs. <laughs> um, uh, anyway. Yeah. So, um, and Amelia saves him from that. So he's, 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 uh, being chased by the cops. He's, he's running around in this, you know, this floppy hat. 
and the sun hat and like a, I guess an overcoat and he and he's he's in a he Amelia saves him and he says at one point and I we'll have to I'll have to get you to listen to this Nick because this is something that you might not have heard but Emilio says get in to him to Dreyfus get in and he sounds like a child <laughs> like he says it like a he sound like the sound it just sounds like a kid that says it adorable i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you to rewind to that it's a it's at an hour 20 um, right now no at some point in your okay. life yeah not now uh, um, that's a that's a long scene it is long well they do stretch out some of the action in this i think maybe to fill some of the blank space they had in the script um but i i don't i think this is a fun movie i mean it's just certainly light on its feet and we were talking about and John heavy, and heavy on the creep. Come on now. Light creep. You think light? Yeah. I mean, these guys are surveillance people. I think they've, they've grown out of touch with right with personal space, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Emilio, Emilio isn't crossing lines. So let's face it. If she was, if she was naked in the house walking around or she was getting uh, some sex or something, they'd be watching. Mm -hmm. So you're a voyeur sort of by default in that position. Mm -hmm. The fact that he decides to hang out and watch her though. But the thing is you don't have to watch. Like if she's, if she's scrumping, you can, you can like, okay, well, we don't need to watch this. You know, she's obviously having some private time. It's like, uh, it's like on a wiretap after the first 20 seconds. If it's not relevant, mm -hmm. they turn it off. Yeah. Something like that. Mm -hmm. And so like with this, like once you finished, you know, handling yourself, you could, you turn the camera off. But Dreyfus is going to watch for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, do you think? Uh, let me see here. Oh, and then Dreyfus get Dreyfus comes clean to her and says, yeah, he's er, a cop. like early. Yeah. Before Aiden Quinn shows up, he he actually ha he's sick to his stomach that he's deceived her so much. Yeah. And um, and he. He, he comes clean to her and says he's a cop and she's she behaves correctly. She's pissed. Yeah, she's and like, she, well, as long as you didn't creep on me, she dumps him. He didn't tell her that he, yeah, he spied on her beforehand, but he, she she dumps him and he's in a jean shirt when this happens. <laughs> Do you ever have you ever worn a jean shirt, Nick? I have. And. It was sweet. You think you, you like it? You like the? I never wore, I had one, I don't think. It was that, you know, there's there's two kinds of denim, right? There's the soft and the hard. You mm -hmm. know, there's a soft denim that just rolls off the old body like a sweet cloth. And then there's the hard denim, which is rigid. It mm -hmm. roughs out nipples and it's just like totally, you right. know, like a like a like a square. It's like it's like Jack Palance on you. So yeah. that's the kind I had. It was it was a little bit rough and heavy. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like a, 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 a chain mail, you know, so I felt very safe in that denim shirt. Zoom in. This is a huge denim zoom. This is our first yeah. denim zoom. Yeah. Well, no, I'm we, gonna, we, we talked about Marcus uh, once or twice. I'm going to do a side zoom. Like as, when I got older, I wore a pair of jeans to work and I got, I wore Lee jeans to work. I had like <laughs> bought Lee jeans. Huge. And, uh, and uh, cause I had went to Kohl's or something to leave. They didn't have Levi's or something in my, and uh, my size or something. And I, they got, I got made fun of as an adult in uh, Lee jeans. And I, I have to say that I, I felt bad about it. Yeah. And I felt that I had made a committed an error. And I got, a, I, I got, a, I got worse. What? My cheap parents. <laughs> Wrangler. Rustler. 
<laughs> not even Wrangler. Which is the off-brand wannabe <laughs> Wrangler? Yeah, it's called Rustler. I think it was like the Walmart version or the Kmart version of of Wrangler or of Rustler. Mm-hmm. There was also Renegade, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I went home after that, that. After I went home in tears in my 30s at work, and I scrawled out the E's and I put an I. So they were jet. They were Lee jeans, Jet Lee brand. You know, did he? <laughs> Rustlers, man. Well, you know what? I wouldn't have made fun of you. And they and they had the high ass. Like they had. They, they weren't. Did. They weren't cut for men. They were cut high ass. So you could not look. Not look like you know duddits when you're walking around in that day. <laughs> did you ever? Did you ever get the boot cut and then not wear yeah. boots with them? I can't like I have bootcut jeans now and I get sad when I don't pay attention and then I can't find my feet. Well, I wear bootcut jeans with the geisha, geisha shoes. It's <laughs> <laughs> my look. Um, yeah. <laughs> did you notice that the, the, the boat in this, did you notice the name of the boat? Cause there's a boat at the end. I totally paid attention to it, but I didn't write it down. The end. There's a you know they whenever Aiden Quinn shows up and he and and Richard Dreyfus happens to be in the apartment and and Stowe's place begging her to take him back and Aiden Quinn shows up and holds everybody hostage and Richard Dreyfus has to pretend to be an ex-con like he's not a cop and yeah. so Aiden Quinn so you know there's a whole thing where Emilio Estevez tries to rescue Estevez tries to rescue them he gets knocked out and so Aiden Quinn is like taking these two people and Stowe hostage to uh, a boat connect. There's like a, he's a getaway boat. And and, and, brings, come, and and the tough from earlier in the film is riding that boat. Right. And the reason that he's come to Stowe's place, not to reunite with her, but he has stored money in her, in her cushions. Yeah. A, a la 25th hour. Right. Exactly. Identical. And, um, identical. And so he gets that money, uh, his freedom money. So, so to speak, and he, he's going to get on a boat. And the boat is named named the Silver Gale. Okay. You see, now it keeps, keeps sounding disappointed, and I, I bring I, these points up. No, I'm just it comes with a sharp focus. Why I didn't write it down? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> spoken like a man that once wore rustlers in his life. <laughs> By the way, what about them guest jeans? I tried to be I tried to be popular once. I, I got me a set of those. Mm-hmm. I never had those. They were rough. They're expensive. They were expensive, yeah, and, and they're yeah. meant for people that are of a different shape. Yeah, you got to be long legged and lithe. And that didn't I work fa- for you, huh? I was uh, I was trouble. I was trouble walking. Yeah, yeah. I wore I wore guest jeans. Someone lent me a pair, so it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so does Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> so the uh, so that the whole end action sequence takes place where you know the Emilio and the original the bad guy from the beginning of the movie are having it out, and Dreyfus is having it out with Aiden Quinn, and Stowe is helping him. And there's like a, uh, a of course they don't know what to do, so there's a bunch of logs involved. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, you know, is, is Dreyfus going to get going to like a a saw at one point? You know, it's yeah. all that stuff. And Aiden Quinn gets shot at the end. He gets defeated. He gets shot in the heart. Yeah, and expires, which is sad to see. Yeah, I, I love that set piece because it's obvious that they were 
frantically calling around asking if there was like some sort of you guys have any like weird ass factories that we can shoot in because we are we have a third act problem and they're like <laughs> well there, there's a there's a there's this paper mill that's about to get shut down all right is it okay if the is it okay if, <laughs> is it okay if the prophecy bear cameos yeah no problem <laughs> yeah so the, i mean at one point the one punk bad guy from the beginning of the film he goes this i always remember this death he goes into a bunch of logs that are in water and he slips between the logs and he can't get a grip on them and he drowns under them. I always yep. thought that was kind of a rough death for that. And, you know, I mean, Emilio, of course he gets fish, like he gets like a kind of a hook spear in the shoulder at one point. Yeah. There's a lot of like fish stuff and log stuff happening in the end of this film. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then the, you know, after everybody's safe and, you know, Stowe's back in love with Dreyfus, um, the police sergeant shows up and he's got this, incredible facial scar did you notice this i did not yeah he's got like just look at the end he's got a major like facial scar that just kind of it makes you wonder about that character you know he's kind of the he, he's only in a couple scenes in this film he's there to kind of roll his eyes when he sees he looks familiar and, though yeah and he sees stowe and um uh, stowe embrace uh dreyfus and he the as a, as the sergeant he's like oh shit this is against protocol but I'll allow it, you know, because yeah, you know, but he's got a yeah, he's got a bit of a facial scar. Um, and to be fair, he was undercover, Dreyfus. Speaking under, of under, under under her covers, yeah, right? yeah. Speaking of facial scars, mm -hmm. Madeline Stowe in Revenge. She has a facial scar. You don't remember? I don't think I've seen it. Episode one twelve. Costner. Costner, yeah. Anthony Quinn slashes her face away in the movie or before before as punishment, which mm. is what sets Costner off. He don't like it. He gets revenge. I think, I think she's his lady, and and she falls in love with Costner, and so mm. Anthony Quinn, who is the father of Aiden Quinn, is that his father? Holy shit! No. He's not. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah actually, no, because the other Quinn, the Quinn from Platoon is his son. I love him. I think he died. What's his name? Um Who? Uh he was in Platoon. He was he was the Quinn. He was Anthony Quinn's son. I loved him in that movie. Are you talking about Anthony Quinn Jr.? <laughs> I'm making sure that he's not the son of Anthony Quinn. Uh I, I hope I hope I hope all the Quinns are related. We're gonna look him up. I'm I'm sure his son is dead. I think his son died bad, but he was what? really he was really good in Platoon. His son? Yeah. What's his dumb name? He had a funky. He had a cool name. He had a ponytail in this. What's his dumb name? Man, they they didn't want to tell us. You looking up Platoon? No, I'm looking. I was looking at Anthony Quinn. Francisco Quinn. Yep, yep, that's him. Mm -hmm. Is he dead? He died in, yeah, at age 48 in 2011. I love that guy. Um, I don't remember what he looks like. I, what did he play in Platoon? He was uh, he was great. He was like a like a ponytailed kind of like stoner. Oh, yeah, I recognize him. Yeah, yeah. Died yeah. of a heart attack. Holy shit. Hmm, that's too bad. He was, he was um, awesome. 
All right, let me. I'm going to take it off to another actor in this movie we didn't mention yet, Beatrice Bopel. She plays, uh, and that's a great name. I don't know if that's how you say it, but let's just say it is. She plays Emilio's wife in this. She also played Freddy Krueger's mom in Nightmare oh. on Elm Street Five, my friend. Are you serious? Yeah, the nun. Do you remember this? No. I mean, I remember that that's his, his origin story, but I couldn't be asked to care. <laughs> Beatrice Bopel in this. <laughs> <laughs> now, this movie is written by the same guy that wrote The Hidden, which I think came out the same year, or at least it came around the same time. Great movie. Which is a, which is a great movie, yeah. Jim Kof or something? Kof? Okay. Jim Kof. Kof. C-O-K-O-U-F. But yeah, I mean that that's I think he's had kind of an interesting career. I mean, this movie was pretty good and then The Hidden is great. That's a Jack Shoulder film. Yeah, that now what else did he do? Nothing? He, he did one of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. Yeah. And I don't remember what else. He, there's something else cuz I used to give a shit about him. Now Chuck Russell did a Nightmare on Elm Street movie and he ended up doing a racer. But Jack Shoulder was one of those guys that kind of one of the great names, one of the great names in Hollywood. Don't yeah. you think? Yeah. What about Beatrice Bopel? You think she's on Insta? Yeah. Got to look her up. If if you're talking about the funeral home called Insta, she's <laughs> dead as rocks. She's not dead. I'm looking at her page here. And by the way, dead as rocks. That was my first fan mail. I wrote Beatrice Bopel. <laughs> I said I loved you in in this uh, this movie and the stakeout. And then then and and then she made you feel fucking awful. She never wrote me back. No, <laughs> because she now works at the fast food chain stakeout. <laughs> and and she got mixed signals. She's like, is this guy making fun of me for having this job? How does she have such a great name? It's one of the the great names. She's um, a by fake, the way, she's a, yeah. There's that scar. What do you mean? Are you showing it? What are you sharing your screen? Uh, no, I'm sure. Look, there's that guy's scar. I nailed it. There's a real scar. So they they didn't put him through makeup on the makeup chair for that. That's real. No, they cut him up. They cut him on set just to make him, you know, mm -hmm. to feel it. It's like you like Tommy Flanagan. Here you go. Well, they call him Stakeouts Tommy Flanagan. By the way, who played the waitress in this movie? The waitress? I don't know. Fucking Elizabeth Bracco. Yeah? Oh, oh yeah. well, that's... And you know who she married then? Who? Aiden Quinn. One Aiden Quinn, my friend. The romance was sparked on Stakeout. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Love was in the air, Nick. Love was in the script and love was in the air. Do you uh, think Beatrice, do you think Beatrice Bopple hooked up with anybody? Bopple, Bopple? You, 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 you could hope. You could uh, hope. Are they, <laughs> you want to hear the fucktest thing of all time? Our podcast? They're still married. Oh, that, Aiden love, and that love still shines. Are you serious? Aiden and... Uh, and the Bracco? Yep. Man. 1987 to this moment, they've been married. You know what? Why not? That's they sweet. have lots of kids. They have lots of kids. 
Yeah, they got a few pants trophies. Let's see what we got. They had two of those bitches. Yep. They made Can two we get pe- some, they made get some two names. people. Uh oh, of their kids? Yeah, let me t- hear I the can, names. I can tell you what their kids are. Declan. Yeah, I need to know this. Declan Quinn. Are you serious? Cinematographer. Oh wow. Okay. And hold on. Mammon. <laughs> Mammon Quinn in here? <laughs> <laughs> they picked Nick. They actually, picked the no, their kids' names are Mia and Ava. That relationship bore fruit. It did. <laughs> yep. They brought children into the world from this movie. I am blown Aiden, away. Aiden, Aiden Quinn may have taken her out on a date. From the money he made from stakeout. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you want to go out for steak? <laughs> and she came. <laughs> she had an unassisted vaginal orgasm. <laughs> Do you think that Dreyfus was disappointed by this? Because he maybe he was creeping. Maybe he was creeping behind the scenes on all the ladies in the cast as well. Yep. You know? Is, did Dreyfus ever get like creep? Did he ever get accused of creep? I think he did a little bit, didn't he? Yeah, he's got problems. Yeah, he's yeah. done. He's done some shit. I, I you know it's funny. I, was, I will say, yeah. Aiden Quinn actually has had a, a a delightful career. Let me zoom in. Actually, he's had a marvelous career. Yeah, he really has. He's had a delightful, mm-hmm. marvelous career. Uh, diverse, looks great because he's been. Plug in that Brocco all these years, so he's 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 like in the he found the fountain of youth in her fucking in her pantsuit. So and that's Elizabeth Brocco is is I imagine the the sister, yeah, of Lorraine Brocco. Yeah, can I zoom in? Is it true? Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 and and they're they're heirs to the broccoli fortune, right? Like the the vegetable. Yeah. 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 Hmm. And they, yeah, they produced the James Bond series. No, no. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. can I zoom in on Aiden Quinn? Mm-hmm. He got to see The Sopranos before us. I bet you he was at the friends and family screening. Do you think so? Yeah, I bet you he was kicking back, loafers on, knew that the kids' babysitter was going to be there all night. He sat down with Elizabeth, and, uh, and he laughed his ass off as cast members came up to her and mistook her for Lorraine. Are they twins? No, they're both rock. They're they're they've they're both, but they tell you what they've spoiled. Um, so I just they spoiled, and so I don't understand. Like he's Aiden Quinn's had one of those careers where he's he's almost avoided. He's had he's so successful, but he's almost avoided fame, fame, and all popular film. Like we we constantly works, right? Right. I think that's that's and he, he sort of has leading man looks, but he's had a character actor's career. I mean, I mean, he was in uh, Benny and June, for example. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like he was, he was the guy that was throwing water on the relationship between Johnny Depp and Coldwater and uh, Johnny Depp and Mary Stewart Masterson. Is that who was in those films? Yeah, I mentioned her twice so far in this. You know, it's funny. Yeah. He, thought he uh, this year he got he got punked a little bit. Um, yeah. uh, that he thought he had gotten this uh, endorsement deal to do like one of the, like to be like the celebrity, uh, you know, face of a one of those famous, like that, that, that home exercise bike. And he showed up, you know, to, to collect. And he was in a stage production of Nightbreed. 
He's like, but I thought the Pelican was a bike company. Elizabeth <laughs> uh, still laughs about that. Legends of the, he was in Legends of the Fall. That was a big hit, right? I don't know. Yeah, he Michael Collins. Nice. Working with a gleam. He was in the mission. He was great in that. Yeah, he had he's still killing it. He's still out there, isn't he? He's still working. Of course he is. He's only 61. Is he on Twitter? <laughs> I, I gotta find out. I got I, if he's on any social media, I promise you I'll follow him. I promise you, I'll make that commitment. Nick, will you make that commitment with me? Sure. Oh, he's on TikTok. Do you have that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we, we, we killed by the this way, movie. His, his last big movie was not recent. He's been in a lot of movies, but his last movie yeah. that I've heard of, unknown. Working with his buddy Liam again. Yeah. I wonder if they're buds. That's why I thought he was uh, maybe Irish, right? Isn't Liam Liam Irish? Yeah. Yeah. But they're, Irish. You're, you're allowed to have friends that aren't the same. You. Yeah, but he he seems to be in a lot of foreign like he seems to be in a lot of. By the way, he's in your favorite film, Stolen Summer. Is that Mark Harmon? Or no, it's what's his face? What is that guy's name? Don't tell me. Fuck the guy in Copycat. No, no, no. That's yeah, the, that's the Project Greenlight movie. Oh, for fuck's sake! With who? Oh that's, God, he gets that poor Aiden. He was the star of Project Greenlight season one. That poor guy. He must have been on the show behind the scenes. Oh, I wonder if Elizabeth got on that show, too. Hmm. Oh. A long forgotten show. Is, is that a show you can watch anywhere? Project Run besides I, your DVD collection? I used to own those DVDs. Mm -hmm. Project Greenlight. No, unfortunately, but I kind of liked it. It's fucking weird. Yeah, I know. What was the guy that it was like Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, you're excited, and then Chris, they left. Chris, and, Chris Moore. And Chris Moore was all over it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's, you want to do the work? Yeah. We killed this one. No, we nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, you're at the parlor, the same tattoo artist that gave Emilio that heart. And uh, you are tasked with filling up a piece of skin with some stakeout nonsense. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to put on that thing? That's such a good question. I would just get a, I just get the same heart tattoo that Emilio has in the same place, but I get a little bit of a different message in it, or I'd actually get some initials in there. Okay. EB. Okay. Plus plus AQ. Okay, uh, Aiden Quinn plus uh, Elizabeth Bracco. <laughs> That's right, buddy. Killed it. You said that love, and then underneath it, just put forever. You know, because that is a forever relationship, right? No, I mean, it'll, 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 no, it should say nineteen eighty seven dash mm. What was that? Oh, because yeah. <laughs> we just doomed them. <laughs> they got, you guys have heard about the microscope curse, right? Oh man, don't yeah. tell him. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's well, going to walk into the bedroom tonight, and and he's going to say, "I apologize. I am just chemically unattracted to you now." <laughs> well, uh, best is you ask if they heard of the movie Microscope Curse. 
Like it's not just the movie microscope. <laughs> wow, we've cursed them, huh? Man. Yeah. yeah. I'm so I'm so sorry, you know. But I still get that tattoo. How about you? What what, what um, tattoo? I'm going to a new place. Uh I'm getting a new a new spot tattoo on the back of my left calf. Shave mm. that shave that thing down to the down to the bone there, you know. Mm-hmm. You always in, your tattoos always involve shaving. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> shave it down. Um, and then uh, I've got a beautiful rendering of Emilio uh, it with his little blanket on eating the chicken. And, and eating the KFC. Yeah, and a chicken bucket in his lap, and he's looking like he's scared. And I actually have uh, a lighting effect. Like I, I had the artist have the lighting effect of the uh, of of the moonlight on him. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's a, that's a sweet effect. Did you what what part cuz you know in that did he capture his disappointed look because he's disappointed at what's left in that bucket. He's he not finding what he wants. Yeah. yeah. I think people are leaving in he's looking for uh, legs or something and there's not there's no drumsticks left and he's he's not happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I it's if you uh if you have the if you're lucky enough to get close enough to that calf in real life, you could actually see a little breading on that stash. Mm-hmm. He's got a little piece of chicken breading on his mustache. That's a, a work now, of art. Now, did would they have to roll up the rustlers to see that tattoo, or would you be wearing shorts? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So uh, you are uh, the, you've received a windfall, a stimulus check, as it were, to create your own stakeout related attraction restaurant whatever whatever your heart's content is right i already know we already just talked about stakeouts attraction you know what i'm saying the main attraction yeah anyway yeah like what what would i create if i had to do a a side business or right a trinket from this movie a product Hmm, that's a good question nick i have mine is a ride not unlike it's a small world after all at disney Mm -hmm. so what it is is you hop into a boat little tiny boat and you go into this cavern uh you're on, it's on rails you're on like a track and there's all this beautiful stakeout music playing you know john is it howard faltemeyer again you're like rocking through this thing and they've got animatronic uh versions of scenes from the movie as you go through this beautiful cave mm. so you, you know you'll go through this thing and oh my god look he's in the fish uh the ladies are shaking their head who are the fish workers it, they have a little animatronic dreyfus who's covered in smells and then up at the top you see the the punk guy like you know like pointing his finger as if i've got you this time and you go through another like room and there's that beautiful music playing and you see the fully like naked madeline stowe coming out of the shower like you they have they have perfect recreation of her entire body all the way down to like the everything and mm-hmm. and then richard dreyfus uh, an animatronic richard dreyfus pops up sitting next to you in your boat and he whistles at it, and then he goes back, and then, and then the next thing, she's in bed, and there's the, the covers are moving above her, and then mm-hmm. an animatronic Richard Dreyfuss pops up from under the covers and looks at you and whistles at you, and that's when they get that. <laughs> that's when they get the photograph that's waiting for you at the end of the ride. Is there? He didn't mention it, but is there going to be an animatronic Bopal? <laughs> no, no, they, they couldn't afford it. But they have the, the next one is it's great. It's uh it's mm-hmm. just it's uh it's they created this at, at 20x scale. 
So man. it's it's just like it's almost like three stories tall. A giant mm. animatronic hand opens a giant animatronic fridge door, and there's a giant turd pile. You know, and the camera gets another shot of you with the turd pile. And of then, course. and then uh, the yeah. last the last shot is that they actually they they had the the author write an additional scene that wasn't in the film to kind of give you a bonus. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a uh, it's it's a completely lifelike cr- recreation of Anna of Madeline Stowe. She's in the stirrups at a gynecologist's office. <laughs> and is is uh is Dreyfus behind like a two way mirror that he paid the doctor to install or? No, there. Uh, he actually you just see a thumbs up come out from under under the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, can I uh, let me back it up a little bit? I'm glad that you called the the guy that wrote this the author <laughs> it's literature yeah but the, the best thing is you come out of this little boat ride and there's mm-hmm. there's a like little polaroids of of everything that happened it's really it's beautiful yeah yeah and oh, that's uh, awesome that's what a yeah i would do this yeah i mean they're making you know they're making a super mario world uh amusement park they're creating that like that's a new amusement park they're creating i think in japan and maybe over here i think too i mean why not a stakeout like you know make stakeout a part of that park you know squeeze it in there somehow yeah that ride that'd be a good place for it you mm-hmm. know yeah all right i'm what's yours <sighs> well do you know you know one thing that we didn't talk about too much in this movie and i think you might have like me as you're watching it been excited to see it featured so much as there's at the beginning of the film, there's a lot of toilet paper being flung around that prison cell. And there's toilet and paper that gets dumped on a guy. There does. There is. So there's at the beginning of the movie, the, the riot breaks out and there's a uh, toilet paper that's lit on fire, thrown out of cells. Right. And then Emilio, uh, leaves, uh, you know, his, you know, the Emilio and Dreyfus leave their shift. They pass the, the shift over to the other cops, you know, Whitaker and, uh, Dan Laurie or whatever. Yep. And Dan Laurie walks in the bathroom and he gets a bunch of toilet paper, um, uh, you know, rolls the fall on his head. And, you know, and, and Emilio had been waiting for it to happen. He giggles on the way out. Like he's like, Haha, I got him. But that's what I do. I would do stake out uh, branded toilet paper um, for this movie that, you know, specifically on the packaging uh, is uh, used for use in riots and pranks, not for wiping. Nice. You know what I'm saying? And it's specifically actually designed to whenever, let's say in a pinch, you, you try to use it to, to wipe. It it doesn't work. It rips off like four layers of ass. Yeah, actually (laughs) it, it, uh, it doesn't work. You wipe and you still get everything still on. And that paper is fine. It does. There's nothing. Nothing comes off body to paper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It rejects. It rejects the stains. Yeah. But it's perfect to use, especially in pranks that you know, we wouldn't put for riots. Right. But you know, it, maybe in like the fine print can be used in prison riots, but mostly for pranks. You know, yeah. for t- You know, if you want to, do you ever get TP'd? Your no. house? No. You haven't had that honor. Nope. Not yet. Not yet, huh? Not yet. Never had it. Yeah. That's a pain. You have? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It happened to me in high school. Mm -hmm. I did have somebody leave an entire toilet in my yard. This is true? Yeah. Wow. That's just... And I've actually... I've left toilets in people's yards. 
I've also not... I've also real estate signed somebody's yard before. Oh wow, yeah, that's a whole thing. I, I, I never did. I never TP'd anybody. I never throw a roll of toilet paper at a tree in my life. Have you? No. Yeah. Anyways, that's what I would do. It'd be stakeout branded. Well, I, I've, I have. I TP'd a couple of people. You know, if you mean roll up on their front lawn and start singing some Teddy Pendergrass, I have TP'd some people. <laughs> Well, I want you to envision the packaging of this, okay? Yeah. You have Emilio Estevez and Richard Dreyfus, like on the poster of the movie, under a bed, right? With like a sh- uh, like a high heel, yeah, like right beside their face, and they're looking up because they're both in, in this in the movie poster. They're both perving out, right? And um, and then besides Estevez, there's like this a roll of toilet paper beside his shoulder, right? Right. And it's just a stakeout, and then in quotes toilet paper right you know right so i think that would i don't know i could see that in in stores i kind of like shit repellent toilet paper i like the idea yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty good okay so thank you i appreciate it thank you for the compliment you've been you've been inserted into stakeout right a lot of ways this can go right What, what where do you fit into the piece what character would i play Hmm. I don't know. I mean, what? There's so many options. I mean, you. What? What, what do you think? Like, it would. I guess you could be a cop. You could be one of the baddies, one of the fish, <laughs> the slimes Dreyfus. I don't know. Where, where could you fit in here? Well, there's three shifts of police at this house. Oh, okay. So you know about Dan Loria and Whitaker. You know about Dreyfus and Amelia. But there's six hours that are unaccounted for. Okay. Uh, and that's me. One guy. Yeah. And uh, I'm weird because I'm like a mixture. I'm sort of like a mixture of uh, like uh, Crispin Glover in Wild at Heart and and a little bit of Tony Collette from Hereditary. So I'm constantly half-assing it. I'm not I'm not I'm not watching what's going on that much into right. the, through the telescope. I got a lot of hours where she's just sawing wood. You know, she's mm-hmm. just oh, snoring ass. So I am making sandwiches like a crazy motherfucker. I'm making sandwiches constantly. Right. But most importantly, I'm also creating a miniature kingdom. You know, I'm building, I'm working meticulously with a magnifying glass and building a meticulous kingdom. At, at, oh, wow. At, yeah. And uh, it's it's a perfect recreation of her house. Like perfect. Right, right. down right down to Richard Dreyfus creeping her, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so like I'm, you know, you remember Dell from Wild at Heart? Of course. Yeah. And so I'm I'm just furiously eating sandwiches and smashing it and making cute little miniatures. Okay. And then uh, everything I do is happens on my miniature before it happens in the film. So I'm sort of prophetic. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. There's layers of this character. Do you have a name? Michael. Got no, go no last name. This, this is a one name. That's like it's like Prince or Sade. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, the 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 weirdest and cutest little in joke is mm-hmm. um, 
they find a little miniature of an everlasting love between Lorraine Bracco's sister and Aiden Quinn. So there's a, it's a cute little miniature of their everlasting love. That's the last thing that after you stay after the credits, it's that. And then if you zoom past that, you see us recording this and then a big X over that relationship. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Cause your character, um, sounds interesting. Cause I am, also on a stakeout, but I am not part of the shifts. I'm actually, there's been a complaint about Richard Dreyfus, the police department being a creep, but no evidence, right? Just complaints. The sergeant asked me to stake out Richard Dreyfus, but unbeknownst to the sergeant, I have the hots for him, my character. <laughs> and so I'm, there's a, before they go, <clears throat> before they, you know, set up shop across Madeline Stowe's place. They install a fake wall in the the place that they're staked out in, and that's where I sit behind. There's like a little painting with uh, cut out eyes. And you're watching Dreyfus hardcore. Oh yeah, and I whisper to myself every time he crosses the room, "I love my job," <laughs> you know, because uh, <laughs> I'm hot for Dreyfus. Yeah, that's one of my favorite but Van Halen songs. My uh, my uh, character's name is uh, Tim Bistro. <laughs> okay, it's not bad, right? Tim Bistro. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. And so then, when year Michael comes to do stakeouts, that's when I, that's when I catch my nap time because I hate you. Yeah, I hate your character. Yeah. you creep me out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got a miniature of a whole of like a painting in the wall I've built with a little miniature you in there. Yeah, you um, know him in there. Oh yeah, prophetic. If you know if you know him in there, why is your character completely naked this entire shift? If you know someone's there, I think we've asked and answered. <laughs> so you're on an island. You've you've gathered mm-hmm. all this debris from all these features. It's getting crowded, but it's still delicious. And you got to take a totem from this movie uh, and put it somewhere there as, you know, a keepsake. Lots of options. Yeah. Right. What would you take? Yeah, from this movie to, for your for your collection. Hmm. Lots of shit. There's so much. There's that Playboy. There is that. I that's think just man, that's some tough shit. There's that jean shirt. You know, I would just take the sound bite of Emilio saying, this is why I would do a recording of Emilio saying, yeah, I know what you think I'm going to say, because he ends the movie where he says, what a boner, because he sees, which is a weird way to end the film. Yeah, he says that in the middle of the film, and he says it at the end of the film. Yeah, and he says, he sees the, he says Dreyfus embracing Stone. He says, what a boner, as he's getting wheeled away in the ambulance, because he's hurt. Um I would not. That's not the soundbite I would get. I would take him saying, "Lick my left one." Yeah, that was a rough. That was rough to hear. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I would. I would have that. That. That just little soundbite keeping me company every once in a while. Um, you know, I don't know. Just play it randomly. Yeah. You know, like a little Emilio voice on the island. So I've described already that I have a waterfall on my island, mm-hmm. and there's a hidden cave behind it. So. In front of that waterfall, I've hung a shower curtain. And I've had the silhouette of the naked Madeline Stowe leaning over 
behind the shower. Oh Jesus! Yeah. So I got the silhouette of her naked, like it's fake. It's an imp- It's a you know screen printed, but it's meant uh-huh. to look just like that scene where she's in the shower. So whenever I'm on the island, I'm starting to feel a little bad for myself. I go and creep her out. You know, I'll scope her out. I'll, I'll have like okay. I'll put like uh, I'll put jo- Georgie and a baby Bjorn, and we'll walk on over there and scope her out. <laughs> well, that is. Um... Are you trying to somehow make it? It's like, is it is it creepy? Is it an invasion of privacy? Kind of. Is it creepy for like a uh, a grown man and a dead child to be baby bjorning their way to watch a naked woman near the waterfall? <laughs> I'm trying to think of an instance where I would play Emilio Estevez saying, "Lick my left one." Like, where would that come in handy on an island? I guess I would just say it. I would just play it at the the native animals no, no, on the I, island. I, no, no. Here's what happens. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows it's there. But if they ever happen to pick up a seashell and listen. <laughs> From my island? It'll say, like, my left one. And they're like, first they're creeped out. And they're like, wait, is that Emilio Estevez? And that- <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, that'd be awesome if it, all the seashells had, like, different lines from Emilio in this movie like him saying pizza like my left one what a boner yeah um you know i don't I, does he have any other lines that might be his three lines in this no he does he has lines i know well we did it nick we did it I 1987 feel, steakhouse steakout man, yeah i i feel unfulfilled but i'm i'm with it I'm with it. What do you mean unfulfilled? You think we didn't? We I don't didn't quite know this. I just I don't think I've gotten enough steak out in my life. Yeah. Oh well. Man, I know this isn't this isn't a movie franchise really that went beyond two. Yeah. It just went. It didn't go to the third. You think their third one was ever in the works? I'm sure they had the plans for it. You know, it's a shame that Stallone wasn't in this movie because you know there'd be another steak out by now. I know. And it'd be him and Dolph Lundgren. I'm down with that. Yeah. Yeah. How does Stallone never get his like his, you know, rear window type movie, his like, you know, peeping Tom movie. He avoided that that genre. He was in it was an ICU, which involves some sort of eavesdropping. Yeah, I don't remember that. I know it's a horror film. ICU. I did see that. It's it's sort of it's a thriller. There's a killer like in the Arctic or whatever. Right. That's kind of what it is. I mean, we'll do it. We'll do it. Episode like you know, one eighty. But um, the uh, man, I've been I've been mainlining on Stallone lately. Mainlining on him. Okay. Yeah. Why? What? I, I, what? I, Name I, a goodie. I, no. I, well, I think I told you. I like. There was somebody on on Twitter had said that there was a uh, three hour cut of Expendables on Amazon, and I fell mm-hmm. fell for it. It turns out it's the same movie, but it has they've added the special features into the running time. So I got screwed. So I watched that again. Did you watch the special features? Once they, once the credits started rolling, I furiously turned the TV off. But then I, also, this is it. This is expendables two or three, three, was it? three. Yeah. And then, uh, I put on, I was like, uh, there's a movie that sucks really bad. Mm-hmm. And I watched some of it. It's a shit movie. Okay. Uh, what's it called? It's like uh, it's not called Listen to Me. It's called it's something like that. It's a John Hurstfeld movie, I think. 
Thomas Jane or whatever. It's like Stallone plays like a motivational speaker in it. Oh my god! It is what? It's a it's a terror movie. What's it called? Listen to me. It's got. A, it's not. Tom Jane? No, it's not. Listen to me because that was the movie with Kirk Cameron back in the old days. But is it like a Color of Night type movie where like it's no, Stallone and no, it, of- it's a it's it's like a crash. It's like a a bunch of interwoven stories that are completely uninspired. Woof. Woof. What's that piece of fast shit called? And it was, it, you could tell he, uh, he's huge friends with that. He's huge friends with that guy. So I, it's obvious that he was doing it because it's his boy, but it's a tough film to watch. It's, yeah. it's tough. Um, but uh, he did it. And, and, and it, obviously he was trying to um, get, you know, make, make, a, make, oh, it's called Reach Me. Ooh. Was it? Was he? Was he wearing glasses in it? Is it that kind of role for him? I don't think he was wearing glasses. Yeah, he is wearing glasses. God damn it! Yeah, because he has to play like a educated man, so he he pops on the specs, right? Yeah. Listen mm-hmm. to this cast, man. It was your favorites in it, by the way. Um, Sylvester Stallone, Kira Sedgwick, Thomas Jane, Lauren Cohan, Kelsey Grammer, Kevin Connolly. I like him. Yeah. No, you don't. You hate sure. her. Kevin, Con- oh yeah, no, I'm thinking of a Kevin Corrigan. Yeah, Tom Berenger, Nelly, Terry Crews, Danny Trejo, Danny Aiello, both Dannys, Ryan Quantin in this, Tom Sizemore in this, Carrie Elwes. Jesus, this is a huge cast. Who's who's this director? What did he do? John Hurstfeld. I guess we're doing this. Oh, we don't have to. We have to because Nelly's character is is E dash Ruption. What? Oh, he did 15 minutes. The same guy did 15 minutes. Yeah. Which is another movie we have to do because old Eddie Burns in this. And, and they did Carol Roden. They decided in that movie that they, the Hersfeld had such instincts in 15 minutes that he decided he was going to kill De Niro in it and give the movie over to Ed Burns <laughs> to, to, to carry for the rest of the runtime. All right. I see a vacancy on our list here. At 98. For what? Reach me? <laughs> oh, for... There's already a pandemic. 